as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on my faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Mind is from Hebrews, seeing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And uh, I think of Judy's parents who fell in love here in the Youth Fellowship Group, were married here, both sets of her grandparents who are a part of this church, our kids who by their right became fifth generation court streeters. Names like Harley Topham, Joyce, Harry, Wanda Piper, Margaret Burwell, Ralph Jenka, Bob Ward, Jim Cochran. They're all here, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We're also privileged to have your district superintendent, John Heiss, visiting with us this morning. I have to say, when I was an active pastor, if the DS showed up for worship, you always worried that you were going to get a call for a new appointment. <laughs> and I have to say, John, I'm retired. I don't need an appointment. It's good to have John with us this morning. Um, just a word about the book, uh, 30 Days with East Stanley Jones. Your Sunday school classes are going to be discussing it. Uh, good news and bad news is, the good news is that we sold out this morning. So if you'd like a copy, uh, the easiest thing to do is to just go to Amazon and order it, and you'll get it in a few days. Uh, it's probably the easiest way to get it. Uh, sorry, but I'm, thank you uh, for selling out the books, and I hope that you enjoy it in your classes. And if you already have a copy of the book, uh, we have some autographed book plates. You can pick one up there in the parlors to put inside your book. Let's pray together. Bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, that together they might be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The one other person I did want to make reference to, Jeremy is at home watching this morning. Jeremy we welcome you to worship. I have to tell you, I have watched these last two sermons, these last two weeks, and I'm amazed at uh, Jeremy's wealth of information. He knew more about Mahatma Gandhi and East Stanley Jones than I do. And uh, he, he also amazes me. I don't know how preachers like that do it. I'm still tied to my notes. 
And uh, Jeremy, every week you deliver the word in such a powerful way. We miss you this morning, and we wish you and your family well. It's a steady climb from the Dead Sea, the lowest place on earth, 1,300 feet below sea level, up all the way up to Jerusalem and the Temple Mount, 2,700 feet above sea level. You literally ascend all the way, all the way to the Temple Mount. Today, you can make that drive on a four-lane highway, but uh, the first time I was there, you still traveled on the old road that followed the pilgrim path and working your way up through the wilderness from the Dead Sea until you finally made it to the Temple Mount. The book of Psalms has a whole section of Psalms that were written for the pilgrims making their way up to the temple. They're called the Songs of Ascent. Songs to be sung while ascending toward the holy city. East Hanley Jones chose that for the title of his autobiography, A Song of Ascents. He writes, I shall sing my song of the pilgrimage I am making from what I was to what God is making of me. I say what God is making of me for the best I can say about myself is that I am a Christian in the making, not yet made, but only in the making at 83. Always in the making. Always on the journey. Always ascending. And along the way, the song of ascent is a song of joy. Jones goes on to say, I'm glad I'm not yet made, for there is joy in the making. You've heard this familiar psalm read this morning, Psalm number 122, or 122, one of these songs of ascent. I was glad, I was glad when they said to me, let's go, Let, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, a city which is bound together to which the saints of the Lord go up. Can you picture it? Can, can you picture all of the, the tribes of faithful worshipers walking up toward the city, step by step on dusty paths, making their way to worship? One time in my life, I've had the privilege of walking up ahead of the University of Michigan marching band. It was thrilling. Now, those of you from Michigan State can forgive me. But my friend Larry Price had been a band member and a cheerleader. And into his 80s, he was still doing backflips at the homecoming football game at Michigan Stadium. So one time, Larry invited me to go with him. And, and we met the band at Ravelli Hall. And they were all preparing for the, the march up to the stadium. And then, then the small group of us walking ahead of the band as the drummers beat out the cadence. And then, when we finally made it up to the big house, then through the tunnel and out onto the field to the strains of Hail to the Victors, it was thrilling. Even Michigan State people might like it. <laughs> it was a time of joy, ascending up to the house of the Lord. Oh, sure enough, 
sure enough, there are times that this journey will lead us through some dark pathways and desperate valleys. Sure enough, there are times that we will find ourselves on back roads, foreboding highways, in this pandemic season, in this politically charged time, sometimes it feels like we've been walking through a dark valley, doesn't it? Sure it does. Racially motivated killings in Buffalo, Laguna Hills, the slaughter of children in Texas, in a nation that seems to love its guns more than its children, the stream of misinformation and disinformation on social media that the parades as the truth. Sure enough, we're passing through some dark valleys. But for those who walk with Christ, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For the one who walks with us is our shepherd. Sure enough, we walk through some dark times, but we do it with hope and even with joy in the knowledge that Christ is walking with us. To quote Jones again, he says, I'm a happy man, not because my happiness is dependent on happenstance. My happiness depends on the joy of belonging to Christ. Whatever happens, I'm happier now at 83 than I was at 23. I have cosmic laughter because I belong to a cosmic Christ. When I was a kid going to Methodist summer church camps, I remember after uh, each meal, we ended the meal with a little chorus. I finally figured out when I was a camp counselor that the purpose was to try to keep these kids in order so they didn't just ram out the doors. But after every meal, we would sing as we left the dining hall, we're on the upward trail. We're on the upward trail singing singing, everybody's singing as we go. The song of ascent is a song of joy. And the song of ascent is a song of peace. Psalm 122 begins with the joy of going up to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, but then it ends. It ends with a prayer. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For my brethren and my companions' sake, I will say, peace, peace be within you. Of course, today it's not only a prayer for the city of Jerusalem. It's a prayer for all of the Middle East. It's a prayer for the oppressed Palestinians of the West Bank. It's a prayer for Muslims and Christians and Jews who who still face conflict around that holy mount. It's a prayer for all of the Middle East, Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, Iran, and of course, in God's name, it is a prayer for the people of Ukraine. In the face of brutal oppression and brutal aggression, it is a prayer for peace. This prayer for peace also played an important role in Jesus' last journey up to the holy city. You'll remember on Palm Sunday weekend, Jesus spends the overnight with his 
good friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in Bethany, back on the backside of the Mount of Olives. And then, then in the morning, he makes his way up the Mount of Olives, and from the highest point, the village of Bethpage, you can see the, the whole city laid out in front of you. And at the city of Bethpage, he climbs on a donkey, a donkey. And the people understood it immediately. It was, it was a sign of a conqueror, of a victor, who comes not in force on a white stallion, but rather a victor who comes in peace. He begins his journey down the hillside <clears throat> toward the Kidron Valley and the gates into the city, and the people break out in praise and shouts of Hosanna, welcome to the one who comes to save. And in the middle of all of that, the Pharisees say, Jesus, you got you know, you got to quiet people down. They're, they're creating too much of a fuss. And Jesus says, if these are silent, why the very stones will cry out. And then it's as if the action freezes. Jesus pauses and he looks out over the city and he weeps. He weeps and he prays, would that even today you knew the things that make for peace. Would that even today you knew the things that make for peace. And I can't help but wonder if, if in his mind he was rehearsing that old Psalm number 122 that he probably learned when he was 12 years old and his, his family took him up to the temple. Maybe he was reflecting on that prayer for peace for the city of Jerusalem as he looked out over the city and wept in today, I can't help but wonder if Jesus looks out over the shattered cities of Ukraine and weeps, would that even today you knew the things that make for peace. And I, and I can't help but wonder if Jesus looks out over Uvalde or Buffalo or Oxford, Michigan, senses the senseless gun violence that rages our society and, and that Jesus weeps and says, would that even today you knew the things that make for peace. And I, I can't help but wonder if Jesus looks out of our nation and says, yes, yes, by all means, pray, pray for peace, but prayers alone are not enough. You already know what to do. You know the things that will make for peace. You know how to ban assault weapons. You know how to face racism and mental health. You know how to put in place universal background checks. Don't just pray, but do. Do the things that make for peace. Would that even today, would that even today, you knew the things that make for peace. Well, the Song of Ascent is a song of joy, it's a song of peace, and it is the song for a lifetime. E. Stanley Jones says he chose this title for his autobiography because he felt he was always ascending, always moving on, always on the journey, always being made. Which brings us to the letter of the Philippians. I suppose you thought I'd never get here. St. Paul looks back over his life and he says, you know, I had it made. I have it made religiously. I was, 
I was born a Jew. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm, I'm a part of the right family. I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I've been upright and kosher all of my life. He even goes so far as to say that by the law, I was blameless. How many of us could say that? Look, I had it made, he says. But all these things which were gained to me, I count as loss for Christ. Yea, I count all things as loss for the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them but dung that I might win him. Not, not that I've already attained, not that I'm already perfect, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the mark, the prize, the call of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Always pressing on, always being made, always on the journey, always ascending. We Methodists have a name for it. We call it sanctification. The ongoing work of God's Spirit in our lives through a whole lifetime, making us, molding us, forming us into the life of Jesus Christ. It's a joy of journey. It's a, joy, a peaceful journey. And it's a journey that'll take a lifetime. Next year will mark my 50th anniversary of my ordination. I think I was ordained when I was 10 years old. <laughs> 50th anniversary on this journey of United Methodist Ministry. I have loved it all the way along, and parentheses, I intend to remain a United Methodist. I'm glad to be an ordained United Methodist clergy. When Methodist preachers were ordained from the time of John Wesley, Doug, John, all of us, we were all asked the same set of questions. The first ones are pretty obvious and fairly simple. Will you visit from house to house? That is, will you care about people? Will you provide pastoral care? Will you visit from house to house? Will you instruct the children in every place? One of them is, are you indebted so as to be embarrassed in your work. And with the heavy load of student debt, particularly on our young clergy, it ought to be a question of whether or not the church is embarrassed by the level of debt. But then there are three questions that go right to the heart, not just of ministry, but of Christian discipleship. Are you going on to perfection? Are you earnestly striving after it? Do you hope to be made perfect in love in this life? Whew. Now, of course, it all depends on how you define perfection. If you define perfection as a, a noun, a completed task, something that can actually be accomplished, well, then maybe you've got a problem. But if you define perfection as the process of perfecting, of being perfected, an ongoing work in our lives, 
well, then, then you've got a challenge of a lifetime. Like my book. Now this book, my wife said she was glad I wrote it because it kept me out of her hair during COVID. <laughs> kept me busy. It went through numerous readers. It went through several editors, final editing, publication. It came out. And then my friend Mac, first time he read it, said, I found two typos, <laughs> which means we will go back and go on with the process of perfecting, perfection. That, that's the call of the Christian life, and it is a call of a lifetime. Are you going on to perfection? Are you striving after it? Are you still on the journey? Are you always being made, always ascending? As we go, we sing the songs of joy and the song of peace until, until we, like Jesus, pass from the cross and the grave and the resurrection beyond death itself to new life. Edward Pumphrey's great hymn gives us the final goal, the final vision, the final song. He writes, yet, yet on through life's long path still, chanting as we go from youth to age, by night or day, in gladness and in woe, rejoice. Rejoice, give thanks, and sing. And then, then the last verse, the last vision of the final ascent to the holy city, at last, the march shall end, the weary ones shall rest. The pilgrims find their heavenly home, Jerusalem, the blessed. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Give thanks and sing. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord God, keep us ever on the journey. Keep us ever growing, ever straining, ever stretching forward to whatever lies ahead until we make the final journey, the final ascent to our final home, Jerusalem the blessed. Amen.